When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Talk Tuners, to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes, episode 13. What up, Talk Tuners? It's the 1-3 today. How's it going? This is Stephanie Benyon here. This is Stephanie Myers. What's up? Oh my gosh. How are you doing, Steph? It is like the end of summer, almost fall. It's the end of summer uh, in LA here, you know, it's usual, you know, 72 degrees, constantly uh we don't really get seasons and i'm fine with that but Mm -hmm. it's funny because we observe the seasons we're like now we'll go to a pumpkin patch um but there's no you know what i mean (laughs) it's season and name only and as i was saying the other day uh, we do have seasons it's called award season and fire season oh i love it that's fucking hilarious that is hilarious i love it award season and fire season well right now in in, uh, san antonio it's drought season you know how that goes as a native texan it's still hot as shit you know it's it's a, it's a flip of the coin when we're in these quote unquote season changes, because, you know, we don't really have seasons. Fall is coming. Football's back for those that care about football. Um, I am one of those. So hooray, just a little bit of normalcy, obviously in this weird world that we're living in. Yeah. This time of year is great. So looking forward to it, but I'm really excited also about what we're talking about today. So it seems like lately, Stephanie, we've been on a kind of like a theme here. So um, when we start our chit chats and then we go into the actual content of the episode, it seems like we're just themed and it's just, just happens naturally. I love it. I love it. So today we're talking about REMs, Everybody Hurts. talk about REMs Everybody Hurts today. Just talking about our memories and stories around Mm -hmm. REM, around the song, and then of course some fun facts. Uh, And you know our tagline, songs you wish you could forget but love to remember. Absolutely. Do that with Mm -hmm. you today. And there's a lot of interesting history with this particular song, as you can imagine. And there's this, um, there's San Antonio connection in the song uh, which we'll get to. So it was interesting that you actually had some news around San Antonio uh, rock venues that you were yeah. share. Yeah, guys. So just for some context, you know, I obviously for those that follow me, y'all know I love my San Antonio, um, but some cool music facts around it. Um, so San Antonio was really, really 
cultured. Um, there's a big Tejano scene in San Antonio. So for those listeners that are across the world, you think Selena, well, guess what? Selena was from Corpus Christi, but she did a lot of work and had businesses in San Antonio. Um, San Antonio is uh, bread and butter for Tejano for sure. And one thing back in the nineties as well is that San Antonio was then coined as the metal capital of the world. And the reason why was because, yes, Ozzy did pee on the Alamo. We know that. (laughs) Ozzy peed on the Alamo, um, that whole craziness. But the music venues were drawing a lot of metal acts. And one in particular was Sunken Garden. Now, Sunken Garden Theater is right next to the zoo. It is gorgeous. It's like an aquarium. Um, type venue is the first amphitheater that I've ever been to. I went to my first show there, Primus and Helmet. So fucking badass. Like this venue is great. It also um, will host other special events like Fiesta and so forth. Um, the Taste of New Orleans is always there, but it's gone down over time, right? Um, so now currently I just learned that it's going to get a $62 million makeover all this, uh, you know, renovation is going to be happening, which is great because over the course of time, when you think of Texas, everyone thinks Austin and of course, live music capital of the world. But there was, when I was growing up, all of the major shows would hit San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas, because at the time Austin wasn't developed yet. So I'm super stoked that this venue that's drawn acts like Metallica, drawn acts like Typo Negative. I, who else went to that Typo Negative show in the 90s? Like, shit, I want to know. Let's talk about Peter Steele. Damn, that was a badass show. I mean, so fucking Slayer. So many badass metal bands that gave SA Metal Capital of the World name. It's coming back, and I'm so stoked. And on top of that, another venue that was beloved that used to host um, Ozfest every fucking year. The Verizon Wireless, Am- Verizon Wireless Amphitheater that's being renovated and that's coming back. Thank the Lord! I'm so stoked. And, and like I mentioned, or Stephanie mentioned that there is a tie with REM. Everybody hurts and San Antonio. I'm so stoked. Let's talk about it. It's a fun time for me. I just had to share that with you. I had to share that with our listener base because. Whoever comes to visit me, I'll be like, yeah, we're going to go to a badass show at Sunken Garden Theater. So, Seth, next time you come into SA, I'll be like, we're either going to go to Sunken Garden or we're going to go to Verizon. It's not going to be called Verizon by the time they finish everything. But whatever the hell it's called, we're going to one of those amphitheaters, girl, and we're going to have a good time. I mean, I saw Tom Petty. Tom Petty actually opened the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater back in the day. Girl, this place, like, these are ancient grounds. Like, I'm like, yes. So excited. Amazing. And listeners, go back and listen to the Tom Petty episode if you haven't already and hear a little bit more <laughs> about what it's like to attend show. Yeah. Just a, just a little plug. Go check that out, guys. For but sure. But we are here um, today, to your point, Stephanie, excited to talk about REMs, Everybody Hurts. And uh, it's just such an interesting little backstory in a couple ways uh, for this song and, of course, for REM in general. Just thinking back to 1992 when this came Whoa. out, you know. So this came mm-hmm. out on um, on Automatic for the People, mm-hmm. the album Automatic for the People in 1992. You know, Pitchfork uh, they had kind of set the uh, set the stage with this, giving context and said, you know, remember 1982 REM were the biggest, most important rock band in America. So of course we know they broke up mm. in uh, 2011. 
But then oh. you got to imagine it's like yeah. they were, they were huge and they owned the airwaves. So mm-hmm. thinking back to that, like automatic for people has come out and um, everybody hurts has come out and it was a pretty, it was pretty special time for them. I would, you know, say personally, REM is a, a fave band of mine. I'd put them yeah. pretty highly. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know you and I mm-hmm. were chatting before Stephanie and I was saying how I'd put automatic for the people, probably in my top 10 albums of yes. all time by any artist. It's a big, right. big, uh, one for me. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back on it and I think it was actually one of my very first CDs too, that I, I had. It. And I yep. made the point of being like, Oh man, I got to get this one. And I was, uh, really excited about it. So Everybody Hurts is really the, uh, I call it the Gigantor hit um, from that album. It hit 29 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. You think kind of from its prevalence that it almost would rank even higher than that. But over the years, uh, it has been everywhere. Um, And then, you know, uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to say and I would love REM fans to weigh in and agree or disagree. Uh, So one of my favorite albums on Medic for People, but. Everybody Hurts is probably one of my least favorite tracks from the album personally. And it's not because it's a bad song, but I think the others on that album are Mm -hmm. so strong that it almost pales in comparison. So I'll just, I'll set the stage with that. Because again, we'd love to hear from you folks. My personal favorites from that album are Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight, Man on the Moon, Night Swimming, uh, Star Me Kitten, Ignore Land. There's great ones. Um, Mm -hmm. So... But, you know, the one that's the released top most successful single of an album isn't always like the strongest of the album, but it's still great. And there's still fun story with it. Um, Yes. While I'm pontificating about R.E.M., I'll just share that on a side note, my top three uh, favorite personal R.E.M. albums to round out Automatic for the People are Accelerate and Monster. And you know what? Reach out to us and let us know how you disagree with us on that. Yeah, I mean, R.E.M. is such a massive band. I mean, they've been together forever, right? So they are like the definition of college radio. I remember hearing that buzz term, college radio, you know, um, because back in the day, when you're watching MTV, watching VH1, you saw a lot of hair metal, you saw a lot of pop. And then all of a sudden, there came this college radio movement, and R.E.M. was always talked about. And um, so absolutely, I want to hear, we want to hear from you guys because there's so many layers and so they're just us, they've been with us for a while. They're, they're just, uh, what's the word I want to say? They're just one of those historical bands that have, I mean, for me, they've been a part of my life when I was young, like in elementary school and then all the way to, you know, adult, you know, adult life. They've been, they kind of raised me. I was like, oh Yeah. In the 90s, I was really like, you know, super into losing my religion and being like, all right, this is cool. This is a different song. What does this song mean? You know, it's just one of those important bands. And on, uh, you know, just to compliment your top uh, albums of R.E.M., I didn't go that far to have a top three. I just really love Monster. That, like, Monster is my favorite and I love the song Bang and Blame. Jesus Christ, that is so my good. driving song. Like so good. That song is so fucking cool. Like yeah. it's just 
I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, man. Yeah. Top down, like I don't even own a top down car, but if I had one, top down, open road. I mean, I drive a fucking blazer, so anyway, it's a Chevy blazer. I'm like, hell yeah, you know, open road, let's go, bang and blame, badass song. And uh, stopping you know, myself from karaoke. <laughs> right? Exactly. I will exactly. start singing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm always singing stuff, so I think it's time for you to share your beautiful voice with our listeners um but uh so i mean rem right there's so much to talk about you think about rem we all know that michael stipe which was the front man is pretty much the face of rem and let's just kind of stop there when did my first intro into rem was stand and i'm bringing back what because i watched a lot of mtv and that was the first video that I saw in the buzz of college radio. And I thought it was geeky. I thought it was fun. It made me laugh. It was different, right? Because I'm used to seeing grown-ass men with teased-out hair and Aquanet talking about chicks and booze and all sorts of shit. And then here comes these regular-ass dudes talking about staying in the place where you live. <laughs> and I was a child. It was weird. So what was your intro as <laughs> Um, I was trying to think back and actually I think it was into the world as we know it. Nice. Probably uh-huh. it, but uh, it's weird because it's one of those times too, where it's like they maybe were seemed always in my consciousness or enough to be like, Oh, right. This band's always been around, but it's like, man, what, when did I kind of first have that of them? And it's probably just, yeah. When I'd started watching like VH1 kind of back in the day, yeah. VH1 played. Music yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. And see, and on that on that note, think about it. So REM was definitely a breakthrough, right? Through all the hair clutter and started the alternative, the college radio wave. But the cool thing, I mean, talking about Michael Stipe, is that Kurt Cobain and Michael Stipe had a bromance. And how cool is that? Because Nirvana is definitely that band as well that you think about breaking the, through the clutter, bringing on, you know, the grunge on a movement, right? Well, REM did it too, but just on a softer scale. R.E.M. has a big-ass legion of fans, just as Nirvana. Um, and I love that Kurt and Mike were, like, loving on each other when, unfortunately, you know, Kurt Cobain took his life. Um, he was there for Courtney Love, and it, it was very well documented. You saw that relationship, even when Kurt was alive. You, you saw it, like, documented um, in different magazines that they would be hanging out in Spin, Rolling Stone. You would see clips on, like, MTV News. So really love it. Um, that was really cool. And R.E.M. just makes some, I mean, just like Nirvana makes music that lasts for generations. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, kids that are born today later in life, they're going to hear some R.E.M. And, and jam with it. And I love the fact that you said um, on the, on the uh, bringing back, it's the end of the world as we know it. For those guys that haven't heard it, it's a fun song. It's fast. It's like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world, right? Well, I did a fucking music video to that as a project in high school in my radio, television, and film class. And literally, it was me and my friend Clint going crazy in a fucking field. That's it! It was literally, like, we had props of, like, what we would say it's the end of the world, so here's a meteor from the sky, like... It was, you know, it was so homemade. It was like, okay, here's the video. Here's this random land. And here's me on a ladder behind the camera 
throwing what I think would be a meteor into the fucking field because it's the end of the world. It's collapsing. It's the apocalypse. Anyway, I'm getting silly. But um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, and, and on the, the side of Everybody Hurts, Everybody Hurts is a great song, but it's fucking depressing. It is, it is depressing. It's beautiful. And, but we're talking about it today because it is one of those songs that is stuck with us and um, it's still relevant today. Let's talk about some facts. Have you got a lot of research on this? It's a, it's such an interesting song. And it's, I think we're, as we're kind of uh, hinting at, it was a bit of a departure for them. Um, But something that I thought, and this was from Far Out Magazine wrote that I was like, that really resonated is um, they said, R.E.M. wrote Everybody Hurt to save people's lives. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, they'd added, you know, uh, everything about the song was designed to stop uh, stop teenagers from committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was pretty incredible. Uh, so, you know, it's like, good God, how do you how do you even yeah. begin with something like that? But it resonated with a lot of folks. Uh, it's been ranked uh, from Q Magazine as number 31 in 1001 best songs ever which is pretty incredible. It was mostly written by Bill Berry, drummer, of course, and was intended Mm -hmm. to, or was originally a country Western style song. So I was like, oh, that's fascinating. What would that have sounded like, right? Uh, What? Wow. Right? Like, I don't even know, but I'm interested in that. And they always put their own stamp and they do have influences elsewhere, I feel like, um, with country and then, some of their other songs, but I was like, oh, wow. Interesting that we started there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, Peter Buck also had said, he just said um, straight out, you know, the reason the lyrics are so atypically straightforward is because this was aimed at teenagers. So he, okay. he'd said that um, straight up. And you kind of like look at that in context of sometimes there are other lyrics um, in this album and others. And you're like, yeah, this is, this mm-hmm. is quite a different song for them. Um, and it's, a uh, yeah, just supposed to be structurally very different and also originally supposed to have a uh, Patty Smith as the second vocal, which would have been, wow. as you can imagine, just a very different song than it was. Mm-hmm. It's got this, uh, the powerful stipe vocals on it, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know what it would have sounded like. Wow. That. So fascinating, fascinating yes. song, you know? It is. Absolutely. I'm just kind of just stuck and just got contemplating everything that uh, you just said. And I'm like, wow, I couldn't imagine this as a country song. It's just the song just doesn't need to be remade. It's just perfect. It's with R.E.M. And I couldn't even imagine Patti Smith on it. Wow. I mean, I'm sure it'd be great, but because, you know, Patti Smith's a great artist. But man, this is all R.E.M. I couldn't imagine it being redone. So I hope this I hope this song is never redone. (laughs) Same. But yeah, so this song, guys, the music video, you know, I tend to bring back videos. I love the videos. Well, this one was actually shot in San Antonio. So bringing it all full circle. In the 90s, man, San Antonio was a hot spot for the music. And R.E.M. was like, hey, we're going to film this video um, up in the the middle of uh, the heart of the city, downtown Westside. 
pretty insane and Steph, I'm definitely going to let you give some more context because I have my own story to tell, but I'm not here to hog the air. Oh, so go I ahead. Love, <laughs> when I love your story and it's so relevant to be like, yep, where are you? And we think good place to film this uh, video about gridlock is in the middle of San Antonio. Um, so to give listeners some context for this video, fascinated. Uh, it was um, filmed on I-10, I-35, the band stuck in a traffic jam. People haven't seen this, they should go see it because actually I think it's one of my favorite all-time videos. It's very creative and also uh, probably might just uh, uh, give you chills and make you think. But it's, um, it's really kind of, I guess the themes would be if we zoom out and think about it thematically, it's almost like mm -hmm. focused on these individuals who are in their cars and sort of their yeah. private despair. And, yeah. um, and then it features uh, a coming together. I won't, I guess, spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but it's, it's a pretty powerful video. It's, you mm -hmm. know, it held up. I just watched it, just rewatched it after seeing it uh, quite a bit as a kid. And I was like, oh man, this totally holds up. And then what I learned was the video itself uh, was supposed to be heavily inspired by uh, the Fellini movie, Eight and a Half, and like their opening sequence. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So that like kind of ties together the surrealism. Right? I've never seen it. So have you seen Fellini? I've never seen that movie. I haven't seen Eight and a Half. I've seen some other Fellini, but um, he's known for being pretty surreal. So gotcha. uh, it kind of okay. makes sense that be like, oh, we're going to borrow some themes here for what's really a very different thing um, that was being played at that time. Because to your point, mm -hmm. it was a pretty different aesthetic back then for most other music videos. Yeah, I mean, it was all party, wrist, rah, rah. And this video was like, hey, man, we're going to talk about some real shit. Check it out. We're going to paint this picture. So, man, okay, y'all, the video, I'm going to give you some more context on just the area of town and how this all just came together. This is pretty cool because the video was shot near downtown. There's a the intersection, like Steph said, I-10 and 35. That is a major area for commuters that come into the downtown area. Of course, there's a lot, you know, uh, folks are doing their working their jobs, going into town, coming from, you know, the suburbs, whatnot. And so was my father. <laughs> so my father actually was pissed off about this video. So here I am. I'm like, I'm, I heard about it on MTV and I was like, holy shit, they're actually talking about San Antonio. Like nobody gives a shit about San Antonio. Right. And I'm like, cool. And um, back then, you know, I actually got the daily paper and I'm reading the paper and here's a whole spread of why San Antonio was chose for R.A.M.'s music video. And it's because San Antonio at the time had some of the worst traffic in the nation. And that is the reason why it was shot there. And they're like, listen, you want people to be miserable? Then let's go to fucking San Antonio. Ain't that hilarious? So, like, and so now, now I'm painting this, right? And my dad, who's hustling and bustling, going to, he worked at downtown at a bank for many, many years. And he was so fucking pissed because the traffic was just crazy. So I guess at that point, I'm not on the road. We were still very, I was young. I was still in elementary school. Um, this was definitely, I was on the road to share anybody's sentiments on traffic. I didn't give a shit, right? But my dad was like, fucking bad. This damn band came and shut down I-10. I was like, damn, but that's already up. He's like, and what? And what? They fucked my commute up. That and pretty much the millions of other San Antonians who did not listen to R.E.M. was like, fuck this band, fuck this shit. There's so much traffic already. 
And why for like, I think the, sh I think the shooting took about three days. Why three days? It oh. took us this long. It was crazy. It was crazy. And so remember y'all in 92. So I was all of what, probably 11 or something like that to that effect. So <laughs> yeah, right. Graduating uh, elementary school maybe? Elementary school, right? So I laugh. I didn't. And so this has stuck with me. This knowledge has stuck with me. But when you so look funny. at this video, it, it definitely does from a culture standpoint also bring in the culture of San Antonio. So I don't know where these extras were in, but there's, you know, definitely you see the Latino influences. You see, you know, Latino families in their car, you know, thinking about whatever it is in their life. And you see the grandmas. You see, I mean, it just really, I hope they were local. Because yeah. to me, when I see this video now, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a pretty good view of the demographic of San Antonio. Um, but, yeah, so now this video, I laugh. Anytime I'm in traffic, I think <laughs> of this video, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like in the Everybody Hurts video. We're just a parking lot, and I'm here to think about my life. I don't want to think about my life. I just want to fucking go home or go to whatever destination I'm trying to go. But, no, I'm stuck, and now i got to think about it. I got to think about all this shit. And so, but I think that, I think oh we're just geniuses for putting this together because where, you know, this song and the topic and just trying to be, you know, suicide prevention and just yeah. trying to metabolize what's going on through your life. Yeah. A lot of us do that in our vehicles. Yeah. They're right. Like, yep. That's fucking genius. Uh -huh. You know? So, I mean, it's so true though. I mean, people go yeah. for drives to clear their head or, like me, I get in my car not to clear my head. I get in my car to go somewhere to escape wherever the fuck it was happening. <laughs> That's my getaway car, right? My getaway ride. But when you're stuck in traffic, you have nothing else to do but face it. Just face whatever the hell's on your on the forefront of your mind. And man, R.E.M., that yeah. was something else. Something yeah. else. Um, yeah. Woo! Wow. So this is funny Stephanie, because when you kind of uh, chatted with me about this story before, and I think it's absolutely hilarious that your poor dad, um, that <laughs> it was kind of in the middle of all this. I didn't realize that it was filmed over the course of three days, which, of course, everybody would hate R.E.M. by the end of that. Like, I thought they were like, yeah, we're going to stop traffic for a day. People are going to be pissed, whatever. But it's like, good God, three days in a row. No wonder people were ready to maybe revolt. Yeah, I mean, dude, I swear to God, it was it was over a course of a couple of days, so it was like crazy. So my dad was extra salty. <laughs> that's that's so funny. I'm just imagining him too being like, really? Yeah, exactly. He's like, man, I'm not happy right now. Whatever was going on in his daily life, he was like, well, the job. Maybe his boss has pissed him off or whatever, and now he's got to deal with this rock and roll band. Ah, uh, funny as shit, man. Funny as shit. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> wow. That's a lot to process, but I'm yeah, <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Uh, uh, even though, you know, at age, at age 12, you didn't have to get out on the road, but, but poor San Antonio, I kind of feel like Arya might still want to try to pay tribute to San yeah. Antonio after all of that. Yeah. Maybe they'll end up coming back and doing, you know, I know Stipe has said, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to come back. We've broken up. But I wonder if they would come back and do some live shows in these renovated new venues um, because that they're be awesome. so, yeah, because they're so good live. And everybody knows, like, that's what they're known for, for these incredible live shows. Uh, they were known even before they made it big. Um, 
they were their live shows were their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the chance to see them uh, at Madison Square Garden in awesome. 2008. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was, I'm so glad I went. Like, that was a near religious experience, I always say. Walked it like I was, like, I almost was uh, crying at times. It was just like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, they're, I can't even, I can't even really describe, like, the scope and the scale of the show. But I had kind of, I guess this is sort of a funny observation to have, um, sometimes I see them as like these living, walking, breathing time travelers in terms mm-hmm. of how they've traversed these different eras and bringing, I mean, it's like they're living, they're living music history in a way. Mm-hmm. They're living and walking and breathing music history in a way. And you kind of get the sense, I feel like even being in the room with them, that you have that history in the room mm-hmm. with you in um, watching them play. And uh, I was so glad to be able to see them before they broke up um, in 2011. Uh, and like I said, like these bands keep going back together, like they keep coming back around. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping eventually they'll change their mind on that. But, you know, Michael Stipe doesn't seem like he's going to do it. I know, man, breaking my heart because we were supposed to see him together at Jones Beach. Same <laughs> Fucking year, no, and anyway, they they played. It was a really good lineup. It was the National, uh, Modest Mouse, and REM. And for those folks that aren't familiar with Jones Beach, that's actually in Long Island, New York. So, um, uh, you know, yes, you can get there by public transportation, which we did because we weren't running a car. But it, it's a trek. It's a trek. Yeah, it's a commitment. No, it is. And we got out there, troopers, and it was summertime. It was awesome. But guess what came? A ter- torrential downpour with a crazy thunderstorm attached to it. And so literally the whole entire crowd was like hanging out in shelter in the restrooms yeah. under, cause it was an amphitheater. So it wasn't covered and yeah. the stands were like metal. And so it's like, yeah, well it's lightning like hell. So let me not just stand and sit in my seat here with all this metal around me and get electrocuted. So like, yeah. <laughs> there was, there was a big delay and it was crazy. Everyone was a little nervous. Oh, I know I was, I was like, what the hell is happening under and- this metal bleachers, right? Like it was like, yes. Oh, it's a lightning storm. Let's go stand under these metal bleachers. Cause there was no other place to stand. Yeah. And it's like, you were just screwed. I mean, I was just like, Oh my God. And this, this rain was nowhere was not to joke with. So we ended up going back and I'm just, I'm so sad because I haven't been (laughs) able to see them, but but REM will always have a place in my heart. I'll always feel close to them since they shot a video in my hometown and won an award. So, um, yeah, Yeah, totally. But it's so funny that you mentioned that, uh, the show that was just like the show that was not meant to be as I call it. Um, but yeah, we're out there with our friend Lucy. We're like pretty stoked. And um, to your point, it's a commitment to get out there. And it was 2008 and this was pre Uber. So it's like, you're taking a oh. private cab or you're taking, I believe their bus, which was, you know, concert bus is certainly a theme of this show. Um, but <laughs> we were out there like, okay, when you're out in Jones beach, it wasn't like, okay, cool. Now I'm just going to, hop on whatever's here. It's like, it's raining. There's no place to go. And also we can't get a car. So probably took our life in our hands, trying to make mm-hmm. sure that we saw REM day. Um, I think I read they, uh, they were not, it was like three hour delay that night and they ended up playing late. But at that point we were like, Oh, we feel like this is going to get canceled. So we, yeah, no, it's, I mean, 
mean, come on, guys. For those that stuck it out, I totally get it. But yeah, girl, no. Yeah. At that point, we were. I think we were prioritizing our safety as we should, um, and we were like, "Let's go." I think there was um, there was something that came around where it was like, "Oh, we can quickly get out of here," and it was like, "Well, we have to, or we're gonna end up under these metal bleachers." And be like, was it worth our lives? I don't know. But anyway, I'm sorry that uh, we had to miss their set. I believe we uh, the first one was Modest Mouse. We got to see them. But I'm sorry that you had to miss R.E.M. on that go around. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got to see them, though. That's awesome. But, you know, maybe they will. Because, you know, bands say they're never going to get back together. And they do. They do, just yeah. like we, you know, Just like we know Slayer keeps saying it's their last tour. And they keep fucking touring. Which I'm fine with. I'm like, fuck yeah. Let's yeah. go. Angel of Death all day. But yeah. um, yeah. So anyway, I want to hear from you. T- uh, you know, from the top tutors, man. Tell us about your REM experiences. They've been around for a minute. Were you know? Did you used to play them on college radio? Were you a DJ? Yeah. Back in the day, you know, how did that make an impact on your university college radio? So I mean, I yeah. there's so much to this band, and like you mentioned, Stephanie, the different eras. I mean, they evolved. They're yeah, they're they're really great, and I would love to hear um, stories from our from our uh, listener base. And you know, let's Absolutely. talk. Let's talk about the REM. Absolutely. Um, as usual, guys, you could email us Stephanie's Talktunes Gmail We're on all the socials: Stephanie's Talktunes, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and just Stephanie's Talk on Twitter. And I know we sound a little bit like a broken record now. But please do feel free to review us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you. And thank you for those who have done that. When I log in and I see those kind words, uh, it warms my little heart. So I appreciate it. Yes, I will definitely echo Stephanie's sentiments. And please, um, you know, talk with us. We want to know what's up. We, we try and put some content on the socials. We love what we do here. We want to hear from you guys as well. So please drop us a line and thanks for listening. I'm out. I'm out, guys. Remember to check out our brother and sister podcast over on Pantheon Network. Pretty great. Thank you. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.